Section 2 of The Georgics, A Poem of the Land, by Virgil, translated by James Rhodes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Georgic 2. Thus far the tilth of fields and stars of heaven. Now will I sing thee, Bacchus, and, with thee, the forest's young plantations and the fruit of slow-maturing olive. Hither haste, O father of the winepress, all things here teem with the bounties of thy hand. For thee with viny autumn-laden blooms the field, and foams the vintage high with brimming vats. Hither, O father of the winepress, come, and stripped of buskin, stain thy bared limbs in the new must with me. First, nature's law for generating trees is manifold for some of their own force spontaneous spring, no hand of men compelling, and possess the plains and river windings far and wide, as pliant osier and the bending broom, poplar, and willows in wan companies with green leaf-glimmering gray. And some there be from chance dropped seed that rear them, as the tall chestnuts, and, mightiest of the branching wood, Jove's Aeschylus, and oaks, oracular deemed by the Greeks of old. With some sprouts forth a forest of dense suckers from the root, as elms and cherries. So, too, a pygmy plant, beneath its mother's mighty shade upshoots the bay-tree of Parnassus. Such the modes nature imparted first. Hence all the race of forest trees and shrubs and sacred groves springs into verdure. Other means there are, which use by method for itself acquired. 1. Sliving suckers from the tender frame of the tree mother plants them in the trench. One buries the bare stumps within his field, truncheons cleft fourwise, or sharp-pointed stakes. Some forest trees the layers bent arch await, and slips yet quick within the parent soil. No root need others nor doth the pruner's hand shrink to restore the topmost shoot to earth that gave it being. Nay, marvellous to tell, lopped of its limbs, the olive, a mere stalk, still thrusts its root out from the sapless wood. And oft the branches of one kind we see change to another's with no loss to rue. Pear-tree transformed the ingrafted apple-yield, and stony cornels on the plum-tree blush. Come, then, and learn what tilth to each belongs according to their kinds, ye husbandmen, and tame with culture the wild fruits, lest earth lie idle. O oh, blithe to make all Ismarus one forest of the wine-god, and to clothe with olives huge tabernus. And be thou at hand, and with me ply the voyage of toil I am bound on, O oh, my glory, O thou that art justly the chiefest portion of my fame, Messenus, and on this wide ocean launched spread sail like wings to waft thee. Not that I with my poor verse would comprehend the whole. Nay, though a hundred tongues a hundred mouths were mine, a voice of iron. Be thou at hand, skirt but the nearer coastline. See the shore is in our grasp. 
not now with feigned song, through winding bouts and tedious preludings shall I detain thee. Those that lift their head into the realms of light spontaneously, fruitless indeed, but blithe and strenuous spring, since nature lurks within the soil. And yet even these, should one engraft them, or transplant to well-drilled trenches, will anon put of their woodland temper, and, by frequent tilth, to whatso craft thou summon them, make speed to follow. So, likewise, will the barren shaft that from the stock-root issueth, if it be set out with clear space amid open fields. Now the tree-mother's towering leaves and boughs darken, despoil of increase as it grows, and blast it in the bearing. Lastly, that which from shed seed ariseth, upward winds but slowly, yielding promise of its shade to late-born generations. Apples wane, forgetful of their former juice, the grape bears sorry clusters, for the birds a prey. Soothly on all must toil be spent, and all trained to the trench and at great cost subdued. But reared from truncheons, olives answer best, as vines from layers, and from the solid wood the paphian myrtles, while from suckers spring both hardy hazels and huge ash, the tree that rims with shade the brows of Hercules, and acorns dear to the Caonian sire. So springs the towering palm, too, and the fir destined to spy the dangers of the deep. But the rough arbutus with walnut fruit is grafted. So have barren plains ere now stout apples borne, with chestnut flower the beech, the mountain ash with pear bloom whitened o'er, and swine crunched acorns neath the boughs of elms. Nor is the method of inserting eyes and grafting one, for where the buds push forth amidst the bark and burst the membranes thin. Even on the knot a narrow rift is made, wherein from some strange tree a germ they pen, and to the moist rind bid it cleave and grow, or, otherwise, in knotless trunks is hewn a breach, and deep into the solid grain a path with wedges cloven. Then fruitful slips are set herein, and, no long time, behold, to heaven, upshot with teeming boughs, the tree strange leaves admires, and fruitage not its own. Nor of one kind alone are sturdy elms, willow and lotus, nor the cypress trees of Ida, nor of self-same fashion spring fat olives, orchids, and radii, and bitter-buried pausians. No nor yet apples in the forests of Alcinous, nor from like cuttings are Crustumian pears and Syrian, and the heavy hand-fillers. Not the same vintage from our trees hangs down, which Lesbos from Methymna's tendril plucks. Vines Thasian are there, Marietids white. These apt for richer soils, for lighter those. Scythian for raisin wine more useful. Thin legios, that one day will try the feet and tie the tongue. Purples and early ripes. And oh, how ratian shall I hymn thy praise. 
yet cope not therefore with Falernian bins. Vines Aminian too, best-bodied wine, to which the Timolean bows him. Aye, and King Phanius too, and, lesser of that name, Argitis, wherewith not a grape can vie for gush of wine-juice, or for length of years. Nor thee must I pass over, vine of Rhodes, welcomed by gods, and at the second board. Nor thee, Bumastus, with plump clusters swollen. But lo, how many kinds, and what their names, there is no telling, nor doth it boot to tell. Who lists to know it, he too would list to learn how many sand-grains are by Zephyr tossed on Libya's plain. Or what, when Eurus falls with fury on the ships, how many waves come rolling shoreward from the Ionian sea? Not that all soils can all things bear alike. Willows by watercourses have their birth, alders and miry fens, on rocky heights the barren mountain ashes, on the shore myrtles throng Gaius, Bacchus, lastly, loves the bare hillside, and use the north wind's chill. Mark, too, the earth by outland tillers tamed, and eastern homes of Arabs, and tattooed Galoni. To all trees their native lands allotted are. No clime but India bears black ebony. The branch of frankincense is Saba's sons alone. Why tell to thee of balsams oozing from the perfumed wood, or berries of acanthus ever green? Of Athiop forests hoar with downy wool, or how the seers comb from off the leaves their silky fleece. Of groves which India bears, ocean's near neighbor, earth's remotest nook, where not an arrow shot can cleave the air above their treetops. Yet no laggards they when girded with the quiver. Medea yields the bitter juices and slow lingering taste of the blessed citron fruit than which no aid comes timelier when fierce step-dames drug the cups with simples mixed and spells of baneful power to drive the deadly poison from the limbs. Large the tree's self in semblance like a bay, and showered it not a different scent abroad, a bay it had been, for no wind of heaven its foliage falls, the flower none faster, clings. With it the meads for sweetness lave the lips, and ease the panting breathlessness of age. But no, not Meadland with its wealth of woods, nor Ganges fair, and Hermes thick with gold, can match the praise of Italy, nor India, nor Bactria, nor Pancaea, one wide tract of incense-teeming sand. Here, Never bulls with nostrils snorting fire upturned the sod, sown with the monstrous dragon's teeth, nor crop of warriors bristled thick with lance and helm, but heavy harvests and the massic juice of Bacchus fill its borders, overspread with fruitful flocks and olives. Hence arose the war-horse stepping proudly o'er the plain. Hence thy white flocks, Clitumnus, and the bull, of victims mightiest, which full oft have led, bathed in thy sacred stream, the triumph pomp 
of Romans to the temples of the gods. Here blooms perpetual spring, and summer here in months that are not summers. Twice teem the flocks, twice doth the tree yield service of her fruit. But ravening tigers come not nigh, nor breed of savage lion, nor aconite betrays its hapless gatherers. Nor with sweep so vast doth the scaled serpent trail his endless coils along the ground, or wreath him into spires. Mark, too, her cities, so many and so proud, of mighty toil the achievement, town on town, up rugged precipices heaved and reared, and rivers under gliding ancient walls. Or should I celebrate the sea that laves her upper shores and lower, or those broad lakes, thee, Larius, greatest, and Bonacus, thee with billowy upwar surging like the main, or sing her harbors, and the barrier cast athwart the Lucrin, and how ocean chafes with mighty bellowings, where the Julian wave echoes the thunder of his rout? and through Avernian inlets pours the Tuscan tide, a land no less that in her veins displays rivers of silver, mines of copper ore, ay, and with gold hath flowed abundantly, a land that reared a valiant breed of men, the Marsi, and Sabellian youth, and schooled to hardship the Ligurian, and with these the Volscian javelin-armed, the Deci too, the Mari and Cameli, names of might, the Scipios, stubborn warriors, I, and thee, great Caesar, who in Asia's utmost bounds with conquering arm e'en now art fending far the unwarlike Indian from the heights of Rome. Hail, land of Saturn, mighty mother thou of fruits and heroes, Tis for thee I dare unseal the sacred fountains, and essay themes of old art and glory, as I sing the song of Ascra through the towns of Rome. Now for the native gifts of various soils. What powers hath each? What hue? What natural bent for yielding increase? First, your stubborn lands and churlish hillsides, where are thorny fields of meagre marl and gravel, these delight in long-lived olive groves to palace dear. Take for a sign the plenteous growth hard by of oleaster, and the fields strown wide with woodland berries, but a soil that's rich, in moisture sweet exulting, and the plain that teems with grasses on its fruitful breast, such as full oft in hollow mountain dell we view beneath us, from the craggy heights streams thither flow with fertilizing mud. A plain which southward rising feeds the fern by curved ploughs detested. This one day shall yield thee store of vines full strong to gush in torrents of the wine-god. This shall be fruitful of grapes and flowing juice like that we pour to heaven from bowls of gold. What time the sleek Etruscan at the altar blows his ivory pipe and on the curved dish we lay the reeking entrails. If to rear cattle delight thee rather, steers or lambs, or goats that kill the tender plants, 
Then seek full-fed Tarentum's glades and distant fields, or such a plain as luckless Mantua lost, whose weedy water feeds the snow-white swan. There, nor clear springs nor grass the flocks will fail, and all the day-long browsing of thy herds shall the cool dews of one brief night repair. Land which the burrowing share shows dark and rich with crumbling soil, for this we counterfeit in ploughing, for corn is goodliest. From no field more wanes thou'lt see wend home with plodding steers, or that from which the husbandman in spleen has cleared the timber, and o'erthrown the copse that year on year lay idle, and from the roots uptorn the immemorial haunt of birds. They, banished from their nests, have sought the skies. But the rude plain beneath the ploughshare's stroke starts into sudden brightness. For indeed the starved hill-country gravel scarce serves the bees with lowly cassias and with rosemary. Rough tufa and chalk, too, by black water-worms gnawed through and through, proclaim no soils beside so rife with serpent dainties, or that yields such winding lairs to lurk in. That again, which vapory mist and flitting smoke exhales, drinks moisture up and casts it forth at will, which, ever in its own green grass arrayed, mars not the metal with salt scurf of rust. That shall thine elms with merry vines enwreath, that teems with olive, that shall thy tilth prove kind to cattle and patient of the curved share. Such ploughs rich Capua, such the coast that skirts thy ridge Vesuvius, and the Clanian flood, a Sarah's desolation, and her bane. How each to recognize now hear me tell. Dost ask if loose or passing firm it be, since one for corn hath liking, one for wine, the firmer sort for Ceres, none too loose for thee, Lias? With scrutinizing eye first choose thy ground, and bid a pit be sunk deep in the solid earth, then cast the mould all back again, and stamp the surface smooth. If it sufficed not, loose will be the land, more meat for cattle and for kindly vines. But if, rebellious, to its proper bounds the soil returns not, but fills all the trench and overtops it, then the glade is gross. Look for stiff ridges and reluctant clods, and with strong bullocks cleave the fallow crust. Salt ground again, and bitter, as tis called, barren for fruits, by tilth untamable, nor grape her kind, nor apples their good name maintaining, will in this wise yield thee proof. Stout osher baskets from the rafter smoke, and strainers of the wine-press pluck thee down. Hereinto let that evil land, with fresh spring-water mixed, be trampled to the full. The moisture, mark you, will ooze all away, in big drops issuing through the osher-withes. But plainly will its taste the secret tell, and with a harsh twang ruefully distort the mouths of them that try it. Rich soil again we learn on this wise, 
tossed from hand to hand, yet cracks it never, but pitch-like, as we hold, clings to the fingers. A land with moisture rife breeds lustier herbage, and is more than meat prolific. Ah, I may never such for me or fertile prove, or make too stout a show with the first earring. Heavy land or light, the mute self-witness of its weight betrays. A glance will serve to warn thee which is black, or what the hue of any. But hard it is to track the signs of that pernicious cold. Pines only, noxious yews, and ivy's dark at times reveal its traces. All these rules regarding, let your land, ay, long before, scorch to the quick, and into trenches carve the mighty mountains, and their upturned clods bear to the north wind, ere thou plant therein the vine's prolific kindred. Fields whose soil is crumbling are the best, winds look to that, and bitter hoar-frosts and the delver's toil untiring as he stirs the loosened glabe. But those whose vigilance no care escapes search for a kindred site, where first to rear a nursery for the trees, and eke whereto soon to translate them, lest the sudden shock from their new mother the young plants estrange. Nay, even the quarter of the sky they brand upon the bark, that each may be restored, as erst it stood. Here bore the southern heats, here turned its shoulder to the northern pole. So strong is custom formed in early years. Whether on hill or plain tis best to plant your vineyard, first inquire. If on some plain you measure out rich acres, then plant thick. Thick planting makes no niggard of the vine. But if on rising mound, or sloping bill, then let the rows have room. So none the less each line you draw, when all the trees are set, may tally to perfection. Even as oft in mighty war, when as the legion's length deploys its cohorts, and the column stands in open plain, the ranks of battle set, and far and near with rippling sheen of arms the wide earth flickers, nor yet in grisly strife foe grapples foe, but dubious, twixt the hosts the war-god wavers. So let all be ranged in equal rows symmetric, not alone to feed an idle fancy with the view, but since not otherwise will earth afford vigor to all the like, nor yet the bows have power to stretch them into open space. Shouldst haply of the furrow's depth inquire, Even to a shallow trench I dare commit the vine, But deeper in the ground is fixed the tree that props it, Aeschylus in chief, Which how so far its summit soars toward heaven, So deep strikes root into the vaults of hell. It therefore neither storms, nor blasts, nor showers wrench from its bed. Unshaken it abides, sees many a generation, many an age of men roll onward, and survives them all, stretching its titan arms and branches far, sole, central pillar of a world of shade. Nor toward the sunset let thy vineyard slope, 
nor midst the vines plant hazel. Neither take the topmost shoots for cuttings, nor from the top of the supporting tree your suckers tear, so deep their love of earth, nor wound the plants with blunted blade, nor truncheons intersperse of the wild olive. For oft from careless swains a spark hath fallen, that neath the unctuous rind hid thief-like first, now grips the tough tree-bowl, and mounting to the leaves on high, sends forth a roar to heaven. Then coursing through the boughs and airy summits reigns victoriously, wraps all the grove in robes of fire, and gross with pitch-black vapor heaves the murky reek skyward. But chiefly if a storm has swooped down on the forest, and a driving wind rolls up the conflagration. When tis so, their root force fails them, nor, when lopped away, can they recover, and from the earth beneath spring to like verdure. Thus alone survives the bare wild olive with its bitter leaves. Let none persuade thee, how so weighty-wise, to stir the soil when stiff with Boreas's breath, then ice-bound winter locks the fields, nor lets the young plant fix its frozen root to earth. Best sow your vineyards when in blushing spring comes the white bird, long-bodied snakes abhor, or on the eve of autumn's earliest frost, ere the swift sun-steeds touch the wintry signs, while summer is departing. Spring, it is, blesses the fruit plantation, spring the groves, in spring earth swells and claims the fruitful seed. Then ether, sire omnipotent, leaps down with quickening showers to his glad wife's embrace, and, might with might commingling, rears to life all germs that teem within her. Then resound with songs of birds the greenwood wildernesses, and in due time the herds their loves renew. Then the boon earth yields increase, and the fields unlock their bosoms to the warm west winds. Soft moisture spreads o'er all things, and the blades face the new suns, and safely trust them now. The vine shoot, fearless of the rising south, or mighty north winds driving rain from heaven, bursts into bud, and every leaf unfolds. Even so, methinks, when earth to being sprang, dawned the first days, and such the course they held. Twas springtide then, ay, spring, the mighty world was keeping. Eurus spared his wintry blasts when first the flocks drank sunlight, and a race of men like iron from the hard glaive arose, and wild beasts thronged the woods and stars the heaven, nor could frail creatures bear this heavy strain, did not so large a respite interpose twixt frost and heat, and heaven's relenting arms yield earth a welcome. For the rest, whate'er the sets thou plantest in thy fields, thereon strew refuse rich, and with abundant earth take heed to hide them, and dig in with all rough shells or porous stone. For there between will water trickle, and fine vapour creep, 
and so the plants their drooping spirits raise. Aye, and there have been, who with weight of stone or heavy pots heard press them from above. This serves for shield in pelting showers. And this when the hot dog-star chaps the fields with drought. The slips, once planted, yet remains to cleave the earth about their roots persistently, and toss the cumbrous hose, or task the soil with burrowing ploughshare, and ply up and down your labouring bullocks through the vineyard's midst. Then, too, smooth reeds and shafts of whittled wand, and ashen poles and sturdy forks to shape, whereby supported they may learn to mount laugh at the gales, and through the elm-tops win from story up to story. Now while yet the leaves are in their first fresh infant growth, forbear their frailty, and while yet the bow shoots joyfully toward heaven, with loosened rain launched on the void, assail it not as yet with keen-edged sickle, but let the leaves alone be culled with clip of fingers here and there. But when they clasp the elms with sturdy trunks erect, then strip the leaves off, prune the bows. Sooner they shrink from steel, but then put forth the arm of power and stem the branchy tide. Hedges, too, must be woven, and all beasts barred entrance, chiefly while the leaf is young and witless of disaster. For therewith, beside harsh winters and o'erpowering sun, wild buffaloes and pestering goats for play besport them, sheep and heifers glut their greed, nor cold by hoarfrost curdled, nor the prone dead weight of summer upon the parched crags so scathe it, as the flocks with venom bite of their hard tooth, whose gnawing scars the stem. For no offence but this, to Bacchus bleeds the goat at every altar, and old plays upon the stage find entrance. Therefore, too, the sons of Theseus through the countryside hamlet and crossway set the prize of wit, and on the smooth sward over oiled skins dance in their tipsy frolic. Furthermore, the Ausonian swains, a race from Troy derived, make merry with rough rhymes and boisterous mirth. Grim masks of hollowed bark assume, invoke thee with glad hymns, O Bacchus, and to thee hang puppet faces on tall pines to swing. Hence every vineyard teems with mellowing fruit, till hollow vale o'erflows and gorge profound, wherever the god hath turned his comely head. Therefore to Bacchus duly will we sing, Meet honour with ancestral hymns, And cates and dishes bear him, And the doomed goat led by the horn Shall at the altar stand, Whose entrails rich on hazel spits will roast. This further task again, To dress the vine, Hath needs beyond exhausting. The whole soil thrice four times yearly must be cleft, The sod with hose reversed be crushed continually, the whole plantation lightened of its leaves. Round on the laborer spins the wheel of toil, as on its own track rolls the circling year. 
Soon as the vine her lingering leaves hath shed, and the chill north wind from the forests shook their coronal, even then the careful swain looks keenly forward to the coming year. With Saturn's curved fang pursues and prunes the vine forlorn, and lops it into shape. Be first to dig the ground up, first to clear and burn the refuse branches, first to house again your vine poles, last to gather fruit. Twice doth the thickening shade beset the vine, twice weeds with stifling briars o'ergrow the crop, and each a toilsome labor. Do thou praise broad acres, farm but few. Rough twigs beside of butcher's broom among the woods are cut, and reeds upon the river banks, and still the undressed willow claims thy fostering care. So now the vines are fettered. Now the trees let go the sickle, and the last dresser now sings of his finished rose. But still the ground must vexed be, the dust be stirred, and heaven still set thee trembling for the ripened grapes. Not so with olives. Small husbandry need they, nor look for sickle bowed or biting rake, when once they have gripped the soil and borne the breeze. Earth of herself, with hooked fang laid bare, yields moisture for the plants, and heavy fruit, the plowshare aiding. Therewithal thou'lt rear the olive's fatness well-beloved of peace. Apples, moreover, soon as first they feel their stems wax lusty, and have found their strength, to heaven climb swiftly, self-impelled, nor crave our succor. All the grove, meanwhile, no less with fruit is swelling, and the wild haunts of birds blush with their blood-red berries. Cytosis is good to browse on, the tall forest yields pine torches, and the nightly fires are fed and shoot forth radiance. And shall men be loath to plant, nor lavish of their pains? Why trace things mightier? Willows even and lowly brooms to cattle their green leaves, to shepherds shade, fences for crops, and food for honey yield. And blithe it is, Cytorus, to behold, waving with box, Nourishian groves of pitch. Oh, blithe the sight of fields beholden, not to rake or man's endeavor. The barren woods that crown the scalp of Caucasus, even these, which furious blasts forever writhe and rend, yield various wealth, pine logs that serve for ships, cedar and cypress for the homes of men. Hence, too, the farmers shave their wheel-spokes, hence drums for their wains, and curved boat-keels fit. Willows bear twigs enough, the elm-tree leaves, myrtle, stout spear-shafts, war-tried cornel, too. Yews into Iturian bows are bent, nor do smooth lindens or lathe-polished box shrink from man-shaping and keen-furrowing steel. Light alder floats upon the boiling flood sped down the paddis, and bees house their swarms in rotten holm oak's hollow bark and bowl. What of like praise can Bacchus's gifts afford? Nay, 
Bacchus even to crime hath prompted. He, the wine infuriate centaurs quelled with death. Rhodus and Pholus. And with mighty bowl, Hylaeus threatening high the Lapithae. Oh, all too happy tillers of the soil, could they but know their blessedness. For whom far from the clash of arms, all equal earth pours from the ground herself their easy fare. What though no lofty palace, portal proud, from all its chambers vomits forth a tide of mourning courtiers? Nor agape they gaze on pillars with far tortoise shell inwrought, gold purfled robes, and bronze from Ephora? Nor is the whiteness of their wool disdained with drugs Assyrian, nor clear olive's use with cassia tainted, yet untroubled calm, a life that knows no falsehood, rich enough with various treasures, yet broad-acred ease, grottoes and living lakes, yet temps cool, blowing of kine, and sylvan slumbers soft, they lack not. Lawns and wild beasts' haunts are there, a youth of labor patient, need inured, worship, and reverend sires. With them from earth departing justice her last footprints left. Me before all things may the muses sweet, whose rights I bear with mighty passion pierced, receive and show the paths and stars of heaven, the sun's eclipses and the laboring moons, from whence the earthquake by what power the seas swell from their depths, and every barrier burst, sink back upon themselves. Why winter suns so haste to dip neath ocean? Or what check the lingering night retards? But if to these high realms of nature the cold curdling blood about my heart bar access, then be fields and stream-washed vales my solace. Let me love rivers and woods inglorious. Oh, for you, plains, and Spurtius, and Teget, by Spartan maids o'er-reveled. Oh, for one, would set me in deep dells of Hamus cool, and shield me with his bow's o'ershadowing might. Happy, who had the skill to understand nature's hid causes, and beneath his feet all terrors cast, and death's relentless doom, and the loud roar of greedy Escheron. Blessed, too, is he who knows the rural gods, Pan, old Sylvanus, and the sister-nymphs. Him nor the rods of public power can bend, nor kingly purple, nor fierce feud that drives brother to turn on brother, nor descent of Dacian from the Danube's leagued flood, nor Rome's great state, nor kingdoms like to die nor hath he grieved through pitying of the poor, nor envied him that hath, what fruit the bows and what the fields of their own bounteous will have borne, he gathers. Nor iron rule of laws, nor maddened forum have his eyes beheld, nor archives of the people. Others vex the darksome gulfs of ocean with their oars, or rush on steel. They press within the courts, 
and doors of princes. One with havoc falls upon a city and its hapless hearths, from gems to drink, on Tyrian rugs to lie. This hoards his wealth and broods o'er buried gold. One at the rostra stares in blank amaze. One gaping sits transported by the cheers, the answering cheers of plebs and senate rolled along the benches. Bathed in brother's blood, men revel, and all delights of hearth and home for exile changing, a new country seek beneath an alien sun. The husbandman with hooked plowshare turns the soil. From hence springs his year's labor. Hence, too, he sustains country and cottage homestead. And from hence his herds of cattle and deserving steers. No respite. Still the year o'erflows with fruit, or young of kine, or Ceres wheat and sheaf. With crops the furrow loads and bursts the barns. Winter is come. In olive mills they bruise the Sicyonian berry. Acorn sheared the swine troop homeward. Woods their arbutes yield. So various fruit sheds autumn. And high up on sunny rocks the mellowing vintage bakes. Meanwhile about his lips sweet children cling. His chaste house keeps its purity. His kind drop milky udders, and on the lush green grass fat kids are striving, horn to budding horn. Himself keeps holy days, stretched o'er the sward, where round the fire his comrades crown the bowl. He pours libation, and thy name invokes, Linnaeus, and for the herdsman on an elm sets up a mark for the swift javelin. They strip their tough bodies for the rustic sport. Such life of yore the ancient Sabines led, Such Remus and his brother. Etruria thus, doubt not, to greatness grew, And Rome became the fair world's fairest, And with circling wall clasped to her single breast The sevenfold hills. Ay. Ere the reign of Dicta's king, ere men waxed godless banqueted on slaughtered bulls, such life on earth did golden Saturn lead. Nor ear of man had heard the war-trump's blast, nor clang of sword on stubborn anvil set. But lo, a boundless space we have travelled o'er. Tis time our steaming horses to unyoke. End of section 2